This is Kid O'Toole, one of the co-hosts of Talk More Talk, coming on quickly before this latest episode, uh, just to give you an announcement. Uh, first of all, we are going to be off for the September 7th show in honor of the U.S. holiday, Labor Day, but we will be back September 21st for a very, very special episode. We will be celebrating 50 shows of Talk More Talk, and we couldn't do it without you, uh, our faithful listeners and viewers. To celebrate, we want you to be in the Zoom room with us. So on September 21st, 9 p.m. Eastern, we are going to play a very special episode of Rack Our Brains. You may remember that from episode 46, except this time, you will be asking us the questions. Now, these are opinion-based questions. These aren't trivia. Uh, for example, it's things like which version of Maybe I'm Amazed do you prefer, uh, the live version or the studio version. The way this is going to work is uh, in the description. Uh, if you're watching this on YouTube, you'll see it in the video description. If you're listening to the podcast version, you'll see it in the episode description. There is a link to a, an Eventbrite invitation. You just click on that. That will take you to the uh, invitation page. Register, it's free. Just register uh, to be part of this. You will get a a link, a Zoom link closer to the event. The Zoom room will open that day at 8.40 p.m. Eastern. We just ask that you uh, get to the Zoom room, enter the Zoom room between 8.40 and 9 p.m. because we want to start the show at 9 p.m. on the dot. We want to get to as many of your questions as we can, so we want to get started uh, as soon as possible. So, uh, just join us uh, between 8.40 and 9. And again, you will be asking us the questions. And we may have a few questions uh, for you as well. So this is your opportunity to be part of the show even more than usual and uh, to be on it. Uh, and the show will be streamed on Facebook as usual. It will, of course, be available afterwards on YouTube and all podcast platforms but the live version will have you be a part of it so go ahead click on the link below register you have until september 20th to register to be a part of this very special episode we look forward 
to seeing you. And uh, thank you again for all of your support. And now, on with the show. Well, hello, everybody. Sorry about some technical problems if you're watching this live. But after some technical problems, I'm happy to say we're open tonight for fun. And so glad to see you here. Welcome to Talk More Talk, solo Beatles video cast where we talk about the solo careers of John, Paul, George, and Ringo. Sometimes we discuss the Beatles, too. Uh, I'm Joe Mayo. You may be familiar with my channel, Mean Mr. Mayo, on YouTube. And I'm happy to be hosting this special show. Uh, this show is special because we're having our very first in-studio guest. And I will introduce him shortly. But before I do that, I'd like to introduce my three regular co-hosts. And, of course, first we have the queen of all Beatles media, who is very technically savvy and can figure out <laughs> things like delays in live uh, stalling and stuff. <laughs> so uh, she's also the author of the books, The Songs We Were Singing, Guided Tours Through the Beatles, Lesser Known Tracks, and Michael Jackson, FAQ, All That's Left to Know About the King of Pop. I'm talking about Kit O'Toole. Thank you, Joe, and hello, everybody. Really excited about the show tonight, and it's going to be a fun episode. Oh, I can guarantee that. It's going to be a good time. <laughs> Second, he's the host of a syndicated radio program, Every Little Thing, mm -hmm. and also co-host of the Things We Said Today podcast. Say hello to the legendary Ken Michaels. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Joe. Hi, everybody. Great to be here. Looking forward to the show tonight. Yes, and uh, last but not least, he's the host of a Paul McCartney video cast along with his uh, partner on there, Andy Nichols. It's called Two Legs, and he's the proud owner, I think the only one of us here actually, of the Egypt Station Traveler's Suitcase. So that, that cuts a lot, a lot with me. Yeah. Okay, I'm talking about none other than Tom Hunyadi. Hello, Tom. Hello, Joe. Hello, Kit. Uh, Ken and special guest, uh, we'll be getting to you in a second. <laughs> well, I'm going to introduce our special guest. I want to give him a warm welcome. He's the executive editor of Beatle Fan Magazine and the author of Changing Times, 101 Days That Shaped the Generation. Uh, if you've ever been to the Fest for Beatles fans, and of course, formerly Beatle Fest, you've seen Al there. I know I have. He's like the bar stool. <laughs> exactly. Keeping things running smoothly. Uh, uh, okay. He's uh, Al Sussman and a belated happy birthday, Al. Yes. Yes. Thank, happy Thank birthday, you Al. very much. Appreciate okay. it. And, and uh, it's now, great, great to be here. Al, um, you, you've written a, a two part article for Beatle Fan Magazine analyzing Paul McCartney's entire solo career. We're going to discuss right. that topic as we move along. But first, Ken Michaels is going to start us off with the news. Ken. Okay. I actually had a ton of news, and I'm going to read it as fast as I can. This is where my Evelyn uh, Wood speed reading uh, chorus will come in handy. <laughs> but uh, if you guys want to chime in on anything going on in the news, you'll be surprised how much has happened in the last few weeks. Uh, first of all, we start our news with a magazine watch with the Beatles on two prominent magazines. They're on the September issue of Rolling Stone in which the group is on the front cover and the article concerns all the details behind their breakup with quotes from Peter Jackson about the Let It Be period and the sessions. <clears throat> the Beatles have the cover story on the October issue of Mojo magazine on their album Rubber Soul, calling the album their first 
masterpiece. Oh. Uh, just found out today there will be a new John Lennon tribute album coming out on his birthday, October 9th, from the folks at Gem Records called Gem Records Celebrates John Lennon with artists such as The Weaklings, mm -hmm. The Gripweeds, The Anderson Council, and Jonathan Pushkar all covering John's Beatle and solo songs. This will be available on CD, vinyl, and digital. And our very own Ken Womack, who unfortunately couldn't be with us uh, tonight, he has written the liner notes for this album. Easy to remember, John's birthday, October 9th for that. Some very upsetting news here that the mayor of Liverpool, Joe Anderson, is saying that the city may be forced to close the famous Cavern Club because of poor sales due to the coronavirus. The club made famous by the Beatles has been losing 30,000 pounds a week since the beginning of the pandemic. The club has been preparing to reopen, but can only do so at a 30% capacity. Those in charge say the cavern is facing financial ruin if they don't receive help from the government soon. Let's hope they do get some help because yep. such an yeah. important part of history. I had seen, excuse me, Ken, I had seen uh, something on, on, on Facebook or somewhere where Rogue Best and said, oh, somebody will, will buy it or fix it or get it going or something like that. He was reassuring somebody that uh, it, it, Cavern Club will go on. Hmm. Sounds like a job for uh, Super McCartney. <laughs> <laughs> Mr. McCartney, yeah. Ms. Ono, you know, <laughs> yeah. who knows? Yeah. Uh, Julian Lennon is the executive producer behind a film on the solution to climate change. It's called Kiss the Ground and it'll be available on Netflix starting September the 22nd. The film is narrated by Woody Harrelson and also stars David Arquette, Jason Mraz and others. You can see a trailer for the documentary on our Facebook page. Okay, Steve Lukather, the great guitarist from Toto, who's been a part of Ringo and his all-star band since 2012, has a new song out called Run To Me and Ringo drums on it. Joseph Williams, who sang lead for Toto for many years, shared the lead vocals with Steve. You can check that out on YouTube. Again, Steve Lukather, the song called Run To Me with Ringo on drums. How is In that? In studio. Have you listened to it It's a fun song. It's, it's yeah. very catchy, yeah. very melodic. You see Ringo uh, drumming with uh, a mask on. Mm. So there's cool. a video for it then? Yes. Yeah, on YouTube. Okay. All right, cool, I'll check it out. Also, there's a brand new single out by an artist called T, the letter T, Bear, called One Day at a Time. It's not the John Lennon song. <laughs> it's inspired by our quarantine life, and it has on the record Denny Sywell and Lawrence Juber from Wings on it. A video has been made, which you can also watch on YouTube. A few shows back, I mentioned that PBS television was airing a documentary on the life of film star Mae West called Dirty Blonde, which has Ringo Starr making an appearance in it. Ringo was in May's last film of her career called Sextet, which also featured the recently departed Regis Philbin. This documentary was just released on DVD. That was on August the 11th. Uh, Joey Mullen from Badfinger has announced that his new album is done. I checked and it is listed on Amazon as an October 16th release. It's called Be True to Yourself on Omnivore Records. Mm. Omnivore also put out the recent Harry Nilsson album called Lost and Found, and going back to the Emmett Rhodes album oh. in 2016, Rainbow Ends. And hey. Joey- hmm? oh, Go ahead, sorry. Um, this includes appearances from Julian Lennon, Mickey Dolenz, Jason Sheff, and Steve Holly. 
uh, Mickey and Jason were both part of the White Album tour yeah. with Joey Marlin. The album has 10 new songs from Joey on it. Okay. So that's on October the 16th. Lots of new books coming out. A new book on John Lennon is due out in September called The Complete John Lennon Songs. All the songs, all the stories, all the lyrics, 1970 to 1980 by Paul DeNoyer. It's a track by track analysis of the stories behind each song that John wrote in his solo career. Paul has also done similar books on Bob Dylan and Neil Young being published by Weldon Owen. That's due out September 29th. Jerry Hammock's detailed works on the recording process behind Beatles music, so far released in four volumes, will have its final volume coming out in November. His series is titled The, the uh, Beatles Recording Reference Manual. It is really an amazing look how the Beatles recorded their songs, including the dates for each song, what each Beatle played, the model instruments, and even amplifiers, if it's known, and how each instrument was placed in the mix. Also a reminder that Bruce Spizer's latest book in celebration of the, the uh, 50th anniversaries of Beatle albums is his one on Let It Be, called The Beatles Finally Let It Be. That's due out on September the 4th. And like Bruce's previous books on the Beatles albums, he has contributions from, guess who? Al Sussman right here, Bill right. King, Frank Daniels and Pierce Hemmingson. Anything you want to say about that book, uh, Al? Uh, it's uh, I've I've uh, uh, you know along the along the way I've uh, been able to kind of uh, you know proof it and uh, and and get kind of get the uh the the flavor of the book and it's uh it you know if you're familiar with his uh with bruce's books on sergeant pepper on the mm -hmm. white album and abbey road this is uh, of the of the same quality and uh my contribution is a chapter on the news events of 1970 oh very nice okay yeah very good okay uh ken mcnab's recent book and in the end detailing the last year of the Beatles and all their activities in 1969 has just been released in the United States. We've been waiting for that for a long time. Um, and as Ken Womack announced last week, his new book on John Lennon called John Lennon 1980, His Last Days and the Life is due out in the US on September the 15th. And we can finally announce this right here on this show. Big news here. I wish Ken Womack was with us, but um, a new book is coming out from our own Ken Womack and Kiddo Tool together. It's called Fandom Yay. and the Beatles. The, the act you've known <laughs> for all these years from Oxford University Press. Uh, the date for its release is February 26th. The dynamic duo, Ken right. and Kim. Oh, and it's near all my right. birthday. I, see, this is, this is news to me too. I didn't, I didn't hear this yet. <laughs> So I'm as surprised as you guys are. I didn't hear the final date yet. Yeah, it's it's really, uh, we've been working on this a long time and um, I think everyone's really going to enjoy it. Obviously we'll have you know, more to say about it when it comes out, but uh, we're, it's an academic look at um, all different aspects of Beatles fandom um, for, from first generation through um, 
you know, for today's generation and, and uh, um, you know, in different forms of it from, um, you know, fan art to um, podcasting, video casting, and uh, the ways people express it and has a lot of different contributions from people you know, uh, Candy Leonard is in it, mm -hmm. um, and a lot of uh, great, great contributors. So uh, really looking forward to this. It'll be a great, great to see it when it finally comes out. And we'll, we'll let you know. Yep. Yeah, let me know when it comes out. <laughs> You're going to find out from us. Yeah, yeah. apparently. Yeah. I'll, I'll get your copy for your birthday. <laughs> I'm going to need to take out some, oh, I'm going to have to get some stock in bookshelves because obviously I do not have enough room for, <laughs> I know. for all the clothes. I know out. the feeling. Eh? Yeah, you're, no you're, kidding. You're, Tom is writing down all the all the books and all the authors as I'm reading them here, so we can line up all the interviews. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> also, the uh, the chart performance of Flaming Pie, as you would expect, all the fans rush out and buy it immediately, and then it drops off mm -hmm. the charts. On our last show, I, I said that it was number fourteen on the official album charts in the UK. Quickly dropped off their charts. And it re-entered the U.S. Billboard Top 200 album charts at number 74, but now it's gone. Mm. Nowhere in the top 200. Okay, um, I have a few major passings to announce here, and then that'll be it. Um, we have the sad news about the death of Eddie Klein. Eddie worked as a technical engineer at Abbey Road Studios in the 60s, then left to work at Apple Studios at Savile Row, then came back to Abbey Road in 1974, and followed that with working with Paul in the early 80s and until recently. And prior to working with Paul, Eddie Klein was one of the engineers for George Harrison's All Things Must Pass album. Uh, his name is in the credits for John's Imagine album, where after his name it reads in parentheses, no relations, <laughs> I guess that means to Alan Klein. Mm -hmm. um, there was a somewhat lengthy tribute that Paul gave to Eddie on his website that was really nice. And I shared that on Facebook, but you can go on Paul's website and read it. Very touching tribute there to Eddie Klein. Then there's the singer Trini Lopez, who was uh, born in Dallas to Mexican immigrants. His music mixed American folk with Latin and rockabilly music. And he's best known for scoring several big hits in the 60s, like If I Had a Hammer and Lemon Tree. Trini's big connection to the Beatles is that from January 16th to February 4th of 1964, he was on the same bill with the Beatles at the Olympia Theater in Paris, also with French singer Sylvie Vartan. Perhaps most significant, Trini was actually the headlining act. The Beatles opened for him. And uh, those three acts performed two shows a night for the week and three shows for the weekend. And in an interview with classicbands.com, Trini said that he, Trini, used to steal the show every night. And the French newspapers would say, who are the Beatles? According to Trini, the Beatles didn't have much of an act. They used to just stand there and shake their heads with their hair. It's hard to beat that lemon tree. <laughs> yeah. Trini also told reporters he didn't think the group would go over well in America. And there was a band there that he liked better called the Beach Boys. But it was during their stay. What's that? Har, 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 har. Yeah, he sure was fooled, wasn't he? 
But uh, while they were in Paris, that's when they learned that I want to hold your hand hit number one in America. And after that, mm. everything changed. Trini Lopez was 83 when he died on August the 12th, yet but another victim of the coronavirus. And finally, there is Sean O'Mahony, and he was the publisher and owner of Beatles Monthly magazine and record collector. For Beatles Monthly, he went under the name of Johnny Dean. The magazine ran from 1963 through 1969. Then it was revived in 1976, reprinting each of the originals, but with several new pages of information added, and then continued, uh, went beyond that with more new material up to issue 321. Oh. And um, so sad to hear about that. As I would know, because he listened to my show for many years on WDHA, where I had news every single week, I always relied on Beatle Monthly as well as Beatle yeah. Fan and Good Day Sunshine and Steve Marinucci's Abbey Road website. Those are my primary sources for news. And I love getting Beatles Monthly every single month. So very sad to hear about that. And then we'll just say a happy birthday to uh, Mark Hudson, who turned 69 yesterday. It's also Steve Holly's birthday today. And Steve is 67. Happy birthday to birthday. both those guys. Okay. So I think that covers everything. <laughs> okay. I hope that's enough for all of you. Oh, that's enough. Thank, thanks very much, Ken. And before we begin with our main topic, uh, Kit, did you have something that you wanted to talk about, about the next show that we're going to do here? Why, yes, Joe, I, I do have something to talk about. <laughs> oh. um, <laughs> whatever could it be? Um <laughs> Well, uh, well, a couple of things. Uh, first of all, um, our next show would normally be uh, September 7th. We are going to take that off because that is Labor Day and uh, we haven't had a, a week off uh, since pretty much this whole year. And we figured since it's Labor Day and everybody's probably going to be, you know, doing stuff that day with friends, with family and, you know, probably not quite like you would normally, <laughs> you know, probably yes. traveling and so <laughs> forth. But, uh, but still, um, you know, you know, might be doing some things. So we decided to uh, to take that uh, that week off. But we will be back uh, September 21st. And that is going to be a very special show. It's going to be our 50th episode, which I cannot believe that it, can you believe we've done 50 shows. I mean, it seems like yesterday that we started this thing with the album right behind you. That's, That's right. right. That with yeah. the album right behind me with Egypt Station. I mean, it's it's just incredible. And, uh, you know, and since then we've been, I mean, we've grown and grown and Joe joined, joined us. I keep forgetting it's in reverse. Joe has <laughs> <laughs> joined us and uh, it's it's just been a blast. And we wouldn't be here without all of you guys out there who have tuned in every week, whether it's live right here, whether you listen to us um, on the various podcasting platforms, whether you watch us on YouTube. So we decided this show had to be about you guys too. So for the September 21st episode, we want you all to join us in this Zoom room. <laughs> and so you guys might remember a few episodes back, we played a game called Rack Our Brains. And we had so much fun with it, and you all seem to have such <clears throat> fun with it too. We want to play a game 
with you guys in this Zoom room. And, but this time you are going to ask us the questions. <laughs> and, uh, and these are opinion questions, as you remember. Right. This isn't trivia. This is, this is opinion where you just throw out opinions at us. Like uh, one of the last ones we did, um, it was, you know, which version of uh, Maybe I'm Amazed do you think is better, the live or the studio version? You know, mm. just, just things like that, that, that are just uh, opinion-based questions. And it can right. be about, you know, anything. And uh, mostly solo, but we're not going to get mad if you throw in some Beatles ones too. <laughs> we won't. We won't throw you out of the Zoom room or. And anything you could check. Like you could check that show that we did. Rack our brains to see how it works. Exactly. Right. Mm. Exactly. You can go back and look at that episode either on YouTube or right on this page or or listen in. So uh, so here's what's going to happen. We are going to, in fact, as as we've been broadcasting right now, I'm uh, putting up the link on our. Uh, Facebook page. All you have to do is just uh, go to uh, that, and I'll I'll post the link right uh, right as we're talking. And you just have to register. It's free. Um, all you have to do is just click on the Eventbrite link and just register for this, um, just to keep out those nasty Zoom bombers. We don't want any of them in, in the room with us. You know. Um, I'm ready and for them. <laughs> you know, don't don't want them any of them getting in here. No. And uh, and then you know, just come in the room. We'll we'll start at the usual time, barring any technical problems. Um, at uh, at nine p.m. Eastern. Uh, if you just can get in the room between eight forty and nine o'clock, so that we can start. You know, at nine p.m. close to it as we possibly can. Um, and you will be right on the air with us. Um, you know, your face, your, your voice, and again, you'll be asking us the questions. So it's our way of thanking you uh, for all of your support and, and all during these last 50 shows. So we mm -hmm. really look forward to being even more interactive with you guys. So, so get ready to, uh, to maybe stump us, maybe not with, uh, <laughs> uh, with wreck our brains. So, so hopefully uh, we're going to see a lot of familiar faces. So the, the invitation will be, uh, you know, we'll be online as long, uh, probably until like the day before. So September 20th. Um, so, uh, so go ahead and, uh, and sign up for what will be a really fun 50th anniversary celebration, September 21st, 9 p.m. Eastern, and we will be streaming to Facebook just as we normally do. Great. It'll be nice Great. to see everyone's faces that will connect yeah. their names when exactly. all we see are, are their names. Yeah. So. Yep, and now we better see you there because I know you'll have some good uh, good things to, uh, to stump <laughs> us with. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> all right, that sounds like a lot of fun. Oh, okay, listen, last show, we have a little bit of unfinished business because we talked about the Flaming Pie Deluxe Edition or, you know, whatever, even if you, even the regular releases that we just did. And uh, when it comes to the Deluxe, we went through mostly the audio stuff, but we kind of ran out of time, was getting kind of long. So we were going to save the DVD discussion, just a little bit of thoughts on what we thought of the visual stuff, really, mainly, right, folks? Mm -hmm. And... Uh, Let's, let's do that before we get on and get to our main topic, which is coming. You know? <laughs> I promise. I promise. Uh, but uh, I, I just wanted to say, um, uh, let me just say a few things my, myself about it, and you could bounce off this and whatnot. And I want to know what all of you think, too. Um, there's a documentary 
that had come out by itself in the world tonight, which is included as part of the set. And I really like that. I really highly recommend seeing that if you if you love the album. It's it's a good time. You know, at first I thought that this new version was a little longer, but I just checked it with the old standalone version, and they seem to be the same. So that's a, a kind of a, a, I don't know if it's a rumor. Kate, you were saying something about the VH1. Yeah, I mean, I I remembered the uh, the VH1 uh, version of uh, In the World Tonight being an hour. Um, but then mm. when I looked at the, um, you know, the listing, it, it said it was like an hour and I forget, like, you know, eight minutes or something like that. I forget. It was close to 75 minutes, the close more or less the, the new one on the set. And I just happened to take the old one out from back there. And I, and I, the interesting, I looked at the packaging, the packaging said 55 minutes, but when I checked the scan, scan the actual time, it was close to the 75 minutes. So I just wanted to clear that up. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So uh, anybody else? Uh, let's, let's, okay. I'll start with you. What did you think of, uh, of the video material on the new flaming pie set well i mean it was it was great to see in the in the world tonight again because i hadn't seen that in in years i mean i have it uh you know when i taped it off of vh1 all those years ago um and um you know i i wish that they had included some extras on that disc you know in in addition to uh, the documentary, um, you know, including like, I would have loved to have seen that whole town hall meeting again with John. Fierce yeah, because there were clips of this clips of it in, in the set. But, yeah. um, and I remember, know. I mean, I remember seeing that too. I, I think I've got that on tape somewhere. Yeah. Um, and, you know, but would have loved to have had a, you know, nice clean copy of it. Um, and, uh, you know, so I would have loved some extras and, and uh, you know, and even the seeing I'd forgotten about Tropic Island Hum, uh, mm-hmm. you know, oh, yeah. when they had that, would, you know, where's that? Uh, you know, I would have loved to have uh, had, you know, some extras like that. Um, on the other hand, um, you know, the some of the other extras they had um, on, on the other disc, uh, the TGI Friday performances I really enjoyed. Um, mm-hmm. You know, really enjoyed seeing that. Wish that the entire show was actually on yeah. YouTube. Wish they had had that. You know, including the interview. It was kind of goofy. I mean, when you when you watch it, it's nothing brainy or anything. But it's uh, it's, it's, it's fluff. You know, yeah, it's fluff. <laughs> it is. But, but it's just, good fluff. It's good fluff, exactly. Um, but uh, but I like the performances. It was very clever to have him on the different screens showing that, you know, this album with few exceptions was kind of a one man production. So that's, you know, that was very clever uh, to see. Um, I really, this is sounds really minor, but the Flaming Pie art meeting, the cover mm, meeting. Yeah. That, that, was, was, that was fascinating. Cool. That was interesting. Yeah. Yep. Yeah really fascinating because you don't really think of him being quite as i mean i figured he'd be involved in it but i mean he was really involved in this very hands-on very hands-on and it was interesting to see linda because i mean you could really tell that she wasn't feeling you know feeling well i mean she was Mm. still kind of you know i mean you just could tell that in the past she would have been way more involved in it and 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 all and and, i mean she just seemed very subdued i mean she was interested but um just not quite you know what she would have been but um but i loved seeing that footage 
Um, yeah. I, I just thought that was fascinating. So there were just some little bits like that, that, that I thought were interesting that I just thought, gee, I, I wish there was some more of that, <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? Mm-hmm. Well, anybody else have any, uh, uh, yeah. any feelings? Sure. You know, it's, I mean, it's, it's, it's a very, you know, um, in the world tonight, DVD, it, it's, it's a very busy DVD. There's just yes. so much going on in, in that dvd i mean your head i mean your head could spin i mean you'd blink and you, and you might miss a, a segment or yeah. or something that he was working on in that time frame because it was such a busy time frame and they take advantage i think i think personally i think this is one of the better dvds that he's put out uh throughout the whole time that he's been putting out these these videos and um you know just seeing the you know the performances and the um, you know, you got Lewison throughout, you know, or you see the back of him, you know, anyways, but, uh, you know, you see, you know, him, <laughs> excuse me, getting the liner notes ready for the, for the, uh, for the CD. Um, you know, I, I loved all of the, the back and forth with the playing in the woods and then the studio. I, I like that a lot. I like the, you know, they filmed that, that tour of the mill, which, you know, we got the audio CD of that, but then you actually get to see some of that in the, in the, uh, in the, in the, uh, the DVD. You know, you got uh, what the Standing Stone. You got Tropic Island Hum, like like Kick said. I mean, my only biggest problem is with with this set is there's hardly any Jeff Lynne whatsoever. I would have liked to have seen at least a little. You know, you just see him strumming an acoustic guitar here and there. I would have loved to have seen some comments from him, either new comments on on like a, like a special features, like you said, Kit, on this on this set, or you know, or something from back then. Um, you know, it would have been nice to just have him involved a little bit more with with some comments. Um, everybody else seemed to have you know mm-hmm. things to say about it. You know, mm-hmm. I'm sure he would have had something to say about it. Um, so yeah, but yeah, special features would have been nice. Uh, maybe some new comments from from Paul. A video video comments from Paul maybe on that on that disc too would have been uh, just him reflecting on that whole period. Uh, maybe would have been pretty cool. But you know, it is what it is. At least we've got this. So I am happy that we got an updated version of that and it looks good uh, to me it looks a little bit better than the old dvd that we uh that we had um the second bonus uh disc um the videos which i wish he would have started doing this you know with the earlier archive sets is go back clean up those videos a little bit more because you go back to those old archive sets and they, if they do have promotional video they do look pretty messy and spotty for in, in certain places and it would have been nice if he took the time and to uh, you know to treat these um, uh, videos with a little bit more care, maybe give them a new transfer or a little restoration whatsoever. But you know, but those videos look great; they're great to have. Um, you know, the EPKs I could do without. I mean, I really didn't learn anything new. I didn't really learn anything new watching those. Uh, the TFI was was fun. Um, you know, yeah, and then that that whole meeting. You know, with the, you know going through the CD and the booklet and stuff like that, and the artwork. I mean, that was really fascinating uh, to to see that. And um, you know, I've never been a big David Frost fan, so I could have done yeah. without that. Yeah, but, I wanted uh, to talk about that. You know, I was going to because yeah. I was disappointed. It says David Frost interview. You get I, I didn't time it five minutes, seven minutes, ten minutes, ten, just know. under just under ten, ten minutes. Ten minutes. Yeah. I think it was near an hour, but I remember watching that. Yeah. I can, don't know where the heck it is, but I thought it was one of the more interesting ones. Okay. personally right and i was a little disappointed right. uh, seeing it cut down but i mean you know you you take what you can get but uh when it says david frost interview i didn't know it was going to be a clip but right. they they did use some interesting stuff what right what they, they talk about them. i mean the first Ooh. half is is basically linda 
And it is interesting right. to hear him talk about, you know, Linda and how she was, you know, what, you know, what she, everything she was going through and whatnot back then. Um, I don't remember. Was it filmed after she passed or before? I think it was before. Uh, it must have been. Before. Yeah. But anyways, um, but yeah, I mean, it, it was okay. Um, well, you know, that's that's all I have on that. That's okay. Myself. Moving right along. Is there anyone else? Uh, yeah, I can pretty much uh, echo what everyone here has said. I really think In the World Tonight was a fantastic documentary. It's more about Paul McCartney in 1997, you know, when, when the album's coming out, than just being about Flaming Pie, because like you said, it's about all of his activities. Right. And you realize that, you know, this is a Renaissance man. He's got his mm. hands in everything. They yeah. even show you involved with his paintings in the very yep. beginning. And I do like the fact that, you know, they showed that he was working on Tropic Island Hum, which did come out officially on DVD with uh, his animated shorts. Right, right. That's yep. really a fantastic collection to pick up. Um, they, sh they show you uh, when he got knighted, um, you know, all the activities of 1997. And, um, you know, it's, it, it really gives you a, a full appreciate, appreciation of who the man is and it, it is really important when you watch him getting involved with the art design of the album cover because it does show you how involved and how his imagination is just so alive with every aspect of everything. In addition to that, there's a moment there where he's with the orchestra during uh, Beautiful Night and he's giving ideas to the musicians, the string players. Mm -hmm. So, you know, he says so much hands-on on everything. Yeah. And you can tell how much amazing. Beautiful Night meant, meant to him. Oh, I mean, that song meant a lot yeah. to him. Mm -hmm. you know? And uh, like Tom was saying, I love when they show, they go back and forth between Paul and Jeff Lynn on, on acoustic guitars, and then they go to Paul on the piano, and in the background is Ringo in the drum booth. You can see him in the background. They keep mixing it all up so you hear those parts of the songs when they occur in the song. And I think that was very clever. Mm -hmm. um, things that it was missing, I would, I definitely agree about John Fugel saying in the interview at Town Hall. I love that, that interview. And mm -hmm. you know, John knows his stuff. He's a big Beatle fan. That was a and great that's, special. That's why it's so exceptional. Mm -hmm. exactly. Yeah. And um, I wish the whole thing was in there. Um, he also was on Oprah Winfrey to promote it. There was nothing right. from that in there. He was interviewed on Conan O'Brien back when Conan was on at 1.30 in the morning and we all <laughs> <laughs> tried to stay up late to watch the interview with Paul. You know, I would have loved to have seen that. Um, it's great to have all those videos in there. They're all in perfect shape. Um, it's hard not to think about Linda at that time, especially, you know, you got both videos for Young Boy, both for Beautiful Night, both for The World Tonight, and um, and also Little Willow is Little in Willow. there too. Yeah. But it's so touching at the end of one of the videos for The World Tonight when Paul and Linda are giving each other Sooching. a very long kiss. <laughs> you know, it's, you know, it's like at the heartstrings there. Right. You know, and um, <laughs> it, it was very well put together, I think so. But there's still a lot of things that are missing mm. that I wish would have been on there. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I don't. It. I don't. I, I do that all the time, you know. Because uh, many things, all the things you mentioned, and then I say, well, how much could they really put on? But we, yeah, we do have things that we miss that we wish were on there. Anyway, even if we, we can't realistically cover well, it all, they're documents of that time and what Paul was yeah. doing. Yeah. And then I, you know, who knows about the rights? I mean, 
if, if, if he, if he well, uh, you know, I'm sure Oprah would have loaned him the interview. I'm sure <laughs> Conan O'Brien would have been more than happy to hmm. say, here, you know, here is this, I bow to you, take this interview. Yeah, on there. Just, yeah. What's another hundred dollars? Just tag on yeah. hundred dollars. I'll, I'll pay it. <laughs> well, anyway. Oh, one right. more thing. There's yes, one sir. more thing. Um, this applies to both the DVDs and also the at the mill CD. I just felt like there was way too much repetition in the quotes from Paul oh, and the yes. interviews. You kept yes. hearing the same things over and over again. I agree. In a way, an EPK is a very valuable thing if you're a media person and you're thinking about how you're going to promote this either on television or on right. radio. And I could hear these, these isolated clips where he's talking about specific songs and I'm thinking to myself, this would be great to put on the radio going into that <laughs> song. But as, as just you know, a casual fan, I don't know how much they enjoy it that much. Yeah. And if you're getting all this information once in an interview, that's all you need. Right. I agree. So, I, I thought that too. There was a lot of repetition. Yeah. yeah. I, I completely agree. Al, did you have anything that uh, you wanted to jump in with? No, because uh, to be full disclosure, uh, I actually, <laughs> uh, I'm one of those, the, the holdouts that uh, did not buy the box. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, so you're I the just, one uh, person that didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Which is why uh, I kind of danced around Al a little bit because I, 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 I just well, just mentioned feel, that. Want, mm. We're skipping over you or anything. <laughs> but yeah. one of no. my, uh, uh, I, uh, I got the supplemental audio material mm. from one of my nefarious sources. Okay. And <laughs> and as an, and actually, I have the in the world tonight DVD from from back then. Yeah. Okay. But uh, but I just. Uh, um, <clears throat> As a senior on a on a fixed income, two you know two hundred and fifty dollars was just not gonna was not gonna happen. Well, and we and we did talk. You know, we have talked about that and about the uh, before about the prices of, of yeah. sets and is it worth it? Uh, do you get your money's worth? And and you know, and that's a valid question. Well, uh, particularly you know, right now because uh, you know I just think you know not. Paul himself, but I think his people are tone deaf. Uh, you know, given given the you know the current situation, right. the the millions of people who are out of work, the millions well, of people who are who are yeah. sick, and yeah, all. It's just, uh, it's just not him. The though. timing. I mean, other, the right. Other acts are still releasing. You know, Prince has a big box set coming out next year. Yeah. I mean, I mean, sorry, and, next next month. And I mean, is that is this, is this the right time? I mean, it's still not. I mean, no. Everybody, a lot of people are still out of work. So. And don't forget that yeah. giant set too. Uh, whatever that I forget. We'll forget the name of it. Uh, the big collector's, the collector's edition, edition. The one that's six hundred dollars. Oh. Right. That, yeah. Uh, the, the Ken Womack held right. up in yes. the previous and took <laughs> yeah. up half his body. You could expect well, Paul McCartney yeah. to be in that thing when you. Well, <laughs> I look at it this way. I think we should be thankful it was just this one because I know a lot of people were clamoring to have uh, to have Back to the Egg and London Town next. And just mm -hmm. think about how much more you would be spending if the, if it were those two rather than just the one. And I'm sure you joined me, Tom, in saying that we hope we have that dilemma in 2021. I hope we have it by the end of the year. <laughs> oh, wow. Well, well. Yeah, I don't know. Uh, I don't think so. Yeah, but <laughs> you never know. We could also be getting a plastic on old band box set. We could be getting uh, yeah, a, we about that. could What's be getting an all things must pass. Where is that? It oh might happen. Mm -hmm. Okay, announce it yeah. soon. Okay. <laughs> so 
Now, uh, I'm going to go on to our main topic here for today. It's worth waiting for. And I want to say, you know, people out there watching, you can also, if you'd like, send in questions here for Al. We're going to talk about the article, <laughs> two-part article that he did, Beatle Fan Magazine. All right, so anything you want to know about it or ask, because uh, I'm going to stop by asking you, Al, uh, can you share with us, like, what inspired you to do this? And also, for the benefit of people maybe haven't read it out there, uh, could you give them, like, a an overall feel of the theme and, and so forth? Absolutely. Uh, one thing that I actually didn't put in the piece is that, uh, that I probably should have, is that um, I have, and Ken and I have talked about this in the past, uh, is that I have higher standards for Paul McCartney than I do for virtually any songwriter that's that's alive uh, and a lot of them that aren't uh in fact in the mid 90s i did a piece in beetle fan where i uh, uh gave the position that i feel that paul is the single greatest pop songwriter of the second half of the 20th century that hmm. way you know, you don't get into the, you know, the comparisons with the, you know, the Berlins and Gershwins and Jerome Kearns and uh, people who were writing for specific genres like the Broadway stage or motion pictures or whatever, whereas, you know, Paul is a more general uh, writer. And uh, so I, I've always felt that he is the, the greatest pop songwriter of the second half of the 20th century. So the standards that I hold for him are, are really higher than, uh, than for, for most uh, songwriters or performers. And um, uh, basically uh, my, you know, my feeling is that, um, and actually uh, Ken made a, uh, a comment couple of actually during the period when i was writing this piece he mm. made a comment i believe on this show or possibly on i think it was on this show rather than things we said today where that and correct me if i'm wrong ken uh that you kind of feel that his work in the 90s and 2000s and 2010s mm. is perhaps more consistent than, than his work, than his far more celebrated work, obviously in the 70s and 80s. Well, I... you're, you're pretty close on that. I've said that okay. since, since you know I love Press to Play so much. Um, right. From Press to Play on, I think has been like a Renaissance period for him. I'm not saying every single album since then has been a masterpiece. You know, I'm not going to put as much as I like Driving Rain. I wouldn't put that in the same category as mm -hmm. Chaos and Creation in the Backyard or New or Egypt Station. But I do feel that um, whereas I think Paul's greatest work is spread out through all the different decades. And I realize that in the 70s, yes, he had the most commercial success. But I think that he does his best work also when he's a solo artist when he's experimenting more, when he's working with different producers and different musicians. Um, that doesn't mean I don't love the whole Wings period. I love every lineup of Wings too. But um, yeah, I do feel that way. Uh, Tug of War was a masterpiece to me. And from press to play on, most of his albums have been very good to great, as far as I'm concerned. 
So yeah, it's, I'll agree with it, that. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, because it's because it's kind of the point of the uh, of the article was that it's it's my feeling that his work, well, at least for me, it begins with uh, if you you know kind of split the fifty years in half and the first release of the second half of the uh, of that period is flaming pie as a matter of fact mm. that if you go from there uh i felt that his that his work from flaming pie up through uh egypt station is definitely more more consistent and is of a, a really a higher quality than uh, uh than his far more celebrated work in the 70s and 80s, and I mean, I'll give you, you know, I'll give you an example. Um, see, there's um, there's no there's no filler on Beatles albums, you know. There, you know, sort of toward the end, you might have little curiosities like, why don't we do it in the road, or dig it, which is basically a you know um you know a, an extended jam that was you know smooshed down to 40 seconds by phil Spector for for the let it be album but there's really nothing that you would call filler in the traditional sense of the you know the the old style albums that were a couple of hits and then 10 pieces of junk so there's really nothing that you would call filler on beatles albums immediately coming out of of the Beatles and and uh, you know uh, to be honest uh, those of us who um, were fans back then uh, were really anticipating his uh, his solo his solo debut and you know this is obviously uh, you know uh, you know debatable but um, I kind of feel that if you take McCartney Ram and wildlife you've got really you know you've got one album that's really up to the standards of paul mccartney that's worthy of the mccartney name because for you know for every maybe i'm amazed or uh or heart of the country or tomorrow uh on those three albums they're kind of weighted down by stuff like Mama Miss America or, uh, you know, long haired lady mm -hmm. or, you know, or bip bop, you know, which are just not, you know, I mean, those are really, right. at least to me. I, now, right. again, I'm sure, you know. Yeah, I, I, I hear what you're saying. And yeah. I, I, there's some of it that I, I could see your point with. You know, we talk about we're, we're holding McCartney to such this high standard, starting yes. with his, his period with the Beatles. But don't mm -hmm. you think that, that that high standard that that comes from having a, a John Lennon in your back pocket, a George Harrison in your in your back pocket? So maybe when now when he's away from that, I, I think maybe we should cut him a little slack, though, don't you think? Because now he doesn't have that that, um, you know, that go to person you know, like a Lennon say, hey, you know, no, we, we want to keep the movement you need is on your shoulders in that in that song, you know, now you don't have that really. So I mean, I don't you think that slack or maybe that that bar should maybe just creep down just a little bit. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm, I basically I'm, I'm in the same this kind of the same bag as Ken in that I'm a, I'm a song man. 
Mm-hmm. You know, Ooh. to me, it's the it, it, it's the material. Right. And if the material is up to the standards that at least I established for, for Paul McCartney, uh, that's fine. And so certainly on those three albums, uh, since we're specifically talking about there, uh, those three albums, uh, there, there are plenty of songs that are definitely worthy of, of his name. But there's, at least to me, there's just too much uh too much stuff that's just not worthy you know in fact when uh, with recent passing of emmett rhodes um those of us who got his solo debut in the fall of of 1970 um a lot of us on listening to it thought you know what this is the album that mccartney should have been well, I have can a I lot just, of comments to make, but I, I, I want yeah, to yeah. come I just wanted to say that, um, you know, I was too young at the time, but I, I can understand, and I've always understood, for the, the diehard Beatle fans who grew up in the 60s and so forth, mm. I can understand them listening to stuff like McCartney, uh, Ram to a lesser extent, but still, and, and Wildlife and saying, what the heck, what happened? This is the man who wrote, you know, Long and Winding Road, Let It Be, uh, uh, you know, and s- stuff like that. And now we're getting stuff like, uh, you know, you said the doodlings, if you will, on the McCartney album, half finished songs kind of thing mm-hmm. and so forth. Or uh, jams like Mumbo or something like that. It's just a yeah. off the cuff jam. But the other side of, of the argument to me now is these days, I actually like that, you know, looking at it differently, that Paul gets to show different sides, the rough sides, uh, different sides to his uh, writing and even just to rocking. You know, it's not the perfectly honed stuff that he was doing with the Beatles. And a lot of people now, I think, are looking a little bit differently at that era now. It's almost like Paul, like, you know, stepping outside the box, for lack of a better term, you know. And I kind of enjoy them for that now. And even Ram, it's hard for me to believe these days that at the time, I do understand this a little bit, people were kind of down on it lot uh and then it, it's gotten a reappraisal right in the last well know, ever since sure these has. box sets have been coming out all of these mm-hmm. albums have been getting reevaluated very favorably yeah yeah so yeah. i mean that's right. just how but, it is for me mm-hmm. right but you know as you mentioned for those of us who were coming out of the 60s and were used to the massively high quality of, sure. of the beatles <laughs> albums uh, it was to 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 get albums that had, again, Mama Miss America or, you know, Hottest Sun, which had been sitting around for, you know, 10, 10 or 11 years. Um, it just it, it was just it was it was tough to uh, tough to get used to. And it took and it took him a while to kind of get back to to the you know to the again the consistency of the consistent high quality that he's that he's capable of and ken had a bunch of things he wanted to say yeah i sure do 
Uh, <laughs> okay, I'm just gonna I'm gonna go take a nap for one. Yeah, take go take a nap. Before you get to that, I just want to mention yes. that I'm, I'm looking at comments on Facebook and mm-hmm. and uh, and it's it's a, a mixture. Um, I, of course, a number of people are uh, defending uh, McCartney and Ram. Uh, some said that they like the demo quality of uh, of McCartney, um, and uh, but others are saying there that there are there is a lot of filler on uh, McCartney. They also mentioned Red Rose Speedway. Um, and uh, so it's it's kind of a split here um, mm-hmm. in, among the com- uh, comments. Sure. You know, when I, um, I've always said there's a lot of albums we know that are very slick, very mm-hmm. polished, very Paul, you know, best or what, what you're used to hearing from Paul. Mm-hmm. I don't, these days now, looking back on it, I don't want all of them to be that now. I like mm-hmm. it to be a little bit of this, a little bit of that. But I still think I would be like Al in a way, the type of person knowing me at the time, uh, if I was collecting them to say, oh, my, what, my God, what, what is this? I think I would have been one of those people, to be honest with you. I don't know if Al was. I don't think so. But who was in the audience at the Dick Clark, was it? Uh, oh, famous, right. When they, sh- when they showed Strawberry Fields. Strawberry Fields and Penny Lane. They looked like I old been, men. I would have been one of those people, I think, going, I don't know about that. <laughs> you know, how did you, you know, I, were you like no, that? No, actually, to be honest, I, I especially, you know, following the Beatles story for, in real time, uh, I actually was able to kind of, you know, go with the flow and, uh, and, and appreciate, you know, all the changes as they were happening. Great. That's great. Ken, I'm, I'm dying all to hear right, what Ken. Yeah, Ken. <laughs> Oh, this oh is not going to be an assault here. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Al and I have known each other for a long time. Right. And, and I friends. swear, if we recorded the phone conversations we had back in the 80s, oh, God. They, could have, they, could have been, they could have been the first podcasts. Of the <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> you know, but, um, you know, I've often said that the Beatles as a group, their songs go from good to great. It's as solid a catalog as, as you can get. Not saying every song was great, but every song was at least good. I do feel that way about most of the solo music of the Beatles. And I know that you remember the, a time when I was doing my radio show in New Jersey and I was so pro solo Beatles. I'm even yes. more pro now than I ever right. have been. There are songs <laughs> that I didn't care for from the first McCartney album like Krina Kroor. Now I'd kill for an album of Queen of Chorus from Paul McCartney because it's a whole different side. It's, it's very experimental and it's kind of improvisational. And I find right. that very interesting. Um, so much of what's on the first McCartney album, those acoustic songs could have easily have worked on the White Album. You're not gonna tell me that a song is pretty as Junk, which he wrote at the same time. Oh yeah, Junk right. is, is wonderful. Mean, junk every night. I think Teddy, Teddy Boy, Boy and- is, is good. It's not as good as the others. I love Man Who Was Lonely. All those songs yes. to me could have been on the White Album easily. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah. I do like some of the, the instrumentals, especially Valentine Day. I like hearing him jam and whatever comes off the top of his head. And there is something to be said about, and every time somebody does something for the first time, they're not thinking to themselves, I'm gonna be starting a trend here. He, he probably was the first do-it-yourselfer playing all the instruments on an album, apart from a folk singer where it's just Bob Dylan and acoustic guitar. I mean, playing all the musical instruments. And when you do that, you're hearing every idea in the man's head, mm. the bass line, the drumming, 
it's interesting. It's a different feel altogether. And this coming from, uh, I'm just like you in the sense that the song always comes first. But then Absolutely. there are also, there are recordings that I consider to be like not great compositions, but they're interesting recordings. Like that would be something. That would be something mm -hmm. is a song that is just a couple of lines of lyrics, mm -hmm. but it's everything that Paul puts around it that makes it interesting. Yep. Like his voice, like the yep. really hot bass line, like his drumming on it. It's the exact same thing he was doing with Why Don't We Do It In The Road. Why Don't We Do It In The Road is not a great composition. It's a couple no. of lines, but yep. you love it because of Paul's voice. You love it for the, the pounding on the piano, the rawness of it, the intensity of it. That's what uh, man, we, uh, not man, we was only. That's what that um, would be something. That would be something. Ram on is exactly the same thing, and I love Ram on. Mm, I love right. everything about Ram on. There's not much more to it than a couple of lines, but all that instrumentation, all the production around it, make it interesting. Now, there is such a thing as a reassessment of this music, sure. and one of the most fascinating things in the last ten years has been all these box sets and listening to older fans say well you know you know red River speedway is not as bad as i thought it was and you've got new fans discovering mccartney who are hearing this album and they're hearing it as a double album and they're not they don't have all these built-in prejudices you know right. this is what follows the beatles so they're listening to it with fresh ears so they have a different perspective altogether than people who grew up with the beatles and you know this is what he follows abbey road with the mccartney mm -hmm. album and as for ram I've always liked Ram. I never thought it was his greatest album, but I can't believe how highly it is rated now to the point where you can raise your hand, Tom. I mean, Joe, <laughs> Joe on his YouTube channel rated all of the McCartney albums. Ram was number one, yeah. okay? There's another person I saw with a podcast, video podcast, he rated Ram the best McCartney album. It has, for some reason, you know, gain this newfound respect. I mean, there are some that have always loved it, but you have to admit that it has really risen in stature. You can't look at it as, as you would 1971 with the same ears coming out of Abbey Road and, and uh, even Let It Be, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That yeah, album yeah. is a solid album, song for song. I mean, the only problem I've ever had with Ram is I think Long-Haired Ladies long -haired a little bit too long. That's, but that's it's still a good my song. Least, least song on there, personally. Yeah, but um, and that's wildlife. I mean, there are people. Ken Womack said he he likes wildlife more now, and uh, you know, apart from tomorrow and love is strange, which I always love instantly. I love most of it because of its pureness, its rawness, its wings as is, no frills, you know. And some people like that aspect. And one of the things that I talk about on my other podcast, Things We Said Today, which you were a big part of for a number of years, um, is that there's a tendency and for quite a while now for people to like less produced albums, not to go for the slick sounds. There are some people who I guarantee you would prefer an album like Wildlife over Tug of War. I know some, I know some. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I know that that sounds crazy to some people, Tug of War is such a highly regarded album, but you know there are people that want Paul to do the more pure, natural, organic sound like he had on the McCartney album, those early uh, 
albums even before Ben on the Run even. Um, and Flaming Pie reminds people of that kind of sound. Chaos and Creation in the Backyard reminds people of that kind of sound. And they don't want McCartney to sound contemporary and working with, you know, Ryan Tedder or, or Mark Ronson or any of the, you know, the newer producers of today. And they prefer the stripped down, more natural sound, which is also why demos are so popular now. Mm -hmm. and alternate versions and you know early versions of songs that's why they're putting them in box sets because they like that at least that's how it is now everything is trendy in mm -hmm. this business so we don't know 10 years from now 50 years from now if ram's going to be as regarded as it is now for all we know press to play might be regarded as the number one paul mccartney mm -hmm. i wouldn't count on that <laughs> it could happen we yeah. don't know i know we don't know i'm just playing with you yeah. you don't well, know what young people are going to be thinking that. yeah, yeah. Uh, bouncing off of that um how do you feel about the uh you know the recent run of albums say from well after chaos and creation uh, memory almost full new Egypt Station, because um, we'll we'll put uh, you know we'll, we'll put kisses on the bottom on the side. Okay. Yeah, because that's, that's kind a... of yeah that's kind of a category of its own. Yeah. Right. Yeah, but after, after driving rain, not I'm sorry, yeah. just, uh, after after driving rain, that I think it's been a really great run from mm -hmm. 2005 to the present. Yeah. I, I thought, yeah, chaos and creation and memory almost full. And and by the way, I think memory almost full is is very underrated. You don't hear about it that much. Um, I I no. thought that was a solid, uh, solid album and and hasn't gotten as much of the credit um, that it deserves. I thought that was some great songwriting um, and uh, and was consistent. I mean, I thought, yeah, the chaos, yeah, that one-two punch of chaos and memory almost full. That was, you know, when you talk about consistency, uh, you know, in the article, those two were absolutely consistent and uh, and some incredible songwriting. I mean, as as good as as he's done, you know, and and certainly his '70s work. And you know, uh, I've I've said this for a number of years now, but that song, "The End of the End," yeah. is one of the greatest songs he's ever written. Yeah, in his entire yeah, career. Yeah. It's yeah, a very vulnerable. He's very vulnerable. You know, he's yeah. speaking his heart. Yeah. You know, and and I, I, he's I done that a lot lately on his on, on, on albums. And chaos and creation yeah, in the days. backyard. If yeah, I mean, we talked about that. You know. I mean, to me, I've always thought of that. Um, see if you follow me on it. Is kind of his closest thing to like John Lennon, Plastic Ono band. It's more him uh, yeah. with his pain or his his uh, down times. A little bit more vulnerable, primitive. You know, yeah. stuff. Let himself be, you know, out there more, kind of uh, let himself talk about his insecurities, sure. things like that. You it's don't a dark usually album. get that. It you know? is. No, yeah, no. it that's is. That's a dark album. Especially yeah. writing to Vanity and, Fair. No, that's right. Oh, and that yeah. is, there were a couple of that and Friends to Go, you oh, know, yeah. and as I mentioned in the, the article, it was, mm. yeah, as I, um, I mentioned in the article that uh, when I, you know, first or second listen, I'm thinking, wait a minute, you know, this is not the usual, you know, thumbs up, you know, very positive <laughs> McCartney. And, uh, you know, not that the, not the, the, the songs are bad at all. They're, you know, it's great material, but it definitely was, you know, much more downcast. And then of course we really found out a little, you know, right. later right. on mm -hmm. why. 
But too um, much rain. Yeah, I mean, that's to me, that's oh, one of the, yeah, one of the best which songs. is a wonderful song. Right. How much did that um, did him, you know, so called breaking up the Beatles? Do you think had a negative impact on his on the beginning of his career? Since you lived that period of time, yeah, oh yeah, there there were periods there, especially in the seventies, where it seemed like each one had like peaks and valleys as far as popularity. And yes, uh, the fact that, you know, he was the one who, uh, you know, was credited if it were right. blamed for, you know, for breaking up the group by, by leaving, um, uh, you know, there was a period there where, and also it was a period there where he was being, uh, he was being blamed, but also, um, I also in the seventies in the early seventies, you know, like, <clears throat> pardon me, um, heavy rock, you know, Led Zeppelin was at their, right. you know, at their peak in 71, 72, 73. And, and so be, I think because of some of those stripped down songs that, uh, that, you know, Ked mentions uh, that were on McCartney and Ram and and on Wildlife. Um, he, you know, he got this image of of putting out lightweight, uh, just you know, puff puff pieces, that kind of thing. But, but, uh, but and yeah. those lightweight and puff pieces. Why was why was it okay that he could do that with the Beatles, but not as a solo artist? Well. You know, again, it's like, okay, well, he he left the Beatles, and now right. he's putting out this this lightweight <laughs> junk. Not that it was lightweight junk, but right. but that's that's the image that a lot of people had, and especially mm. with you know with George coming out of the you know coming you know beginning his solo career the way he did, and with John, uh, mm. you know doing the same and of course with Ringo with the, the run of hits that he had in the early 70s so there was that period there where uh, you know from really from 70 uh, even though the albums were extremely successful yes, right. um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know even but they were they did have uh, you know the, there was a fair amount of uh, you know of backlash you know, but still, you know, you look at yeah. those first four albums, you've got the first McCartney album hitting number one. And a lot of people in social media keep saying All Things Must Pass was the first number one. It was really the, the first McCartney album. Right. And Ram went to number two, Wildlife went to number 10, and Red Rose Speedway went to number one. So right. for a guy who had a bad image, <laughs> yeah. you know, who wouldn't want to have you know, yeah. three and of he had your two four first ones. That he had, and he had two number one singles at that time. But isn't it fair to two. say a lot of that it, it arguably comes from the Beatles name? You know, the Beatles, the ex-Beatles. Oh, which, absolutely. Which well, I remember was... hearing, I think it was around 1985. I think it was. There was an article that said something about now so many years removed from the Beatles, Paul McCartney has to work for it. Like, in that's other words... That's ridiculous. Arguably... Again, I'll say arguably, well, this is kind of like this. There's a lot mm. of songs now, you know, we talked about the last time of 15, 20 years mm. that are even better. Like you were saying, like Al, you thought this was some of his strong, strongest stuff, maybe even stronger than 70s and stuff like that. But yet these things don't make number one, you know, anymore. They possibly might even be better than some of the ones that did, like Wildlife wasn't as good yet. It, 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 got up there higher or Red Rose Speedway 
and up higher. But maybe there were some albums that uh, were more deserving in more recent years, but because it's so far removed from the Beatles uh, wave, that, that they don't get us number one. Really, well, like the, yeah. the mass audience really probably really doesn't even know Chaos and Creation, oh. as great an album as it is. <laughs> uh, this really all comes down to, as, as I've tried to explain here on this show, radio airplay. Radio yeah. is the primary vehicle for selling music. And whether right. you know it or not, uh, most of the buying public that buy new artists and new music, even if they're veteran, slightly veteran artists, are for the most part up to the age of, say, 30. There are studies that have been done that once you hit the age of 30, most people, not everyone, they lose interest in new, new music of the time. And you can see it in friends of yours and people that you know. So yeah. the reason why the Beatles had all that great success with their solo music in the 70s and to a lesser extent the 80s is because radio was playing them and playing them to a younger demographic. They were playing the singles on Top 40 Radio where you had little kids listening and not knowing that Photograph was by a guy who was in the Beatles. You know, I know it's hard for some people to believe this. Not everybody that bought the singles, the solo Beatles singles and the solo Beatle albums knew that these guys were in the Beatles. They were played on FM stations that also were, were hmm. catered to younger people. Just like we heard so many times, the running joke. Did you know that Paul was in a band before right. Wings? That right. statement alone should tell you something. The Beatles on their own were able to gain a new audience of new fans as well as they took along the first generation fans too. And even if some of the sales from the singles and albums came from Beatle fans, so what? Nobody's forcing them to go and buy it. They bought it because they liked it, sure. you know? And if you think that those sales shouldn't count, then you might as well not count all the sales of Beatle albums that followed after they broke up of compilations from fans that already had the music <laughs> but they had to complete their collection, so they had to get rock and roll music and love songs and all that. I mean, they I mean, already the had five, the five number one albums they've uh, <laughs> they've had in the last fifty years. <laughs> yeah, but you know, th that's all valid. All these stats yeah. are valid. But what happens is, as these artists get older, then these radio stations figure that their demographic audience, that these right. artists are not going to appeal to them, so gradually they get phased out. And this happens to everybody. It's not just Paul. It's not just Ringo. It's all the greats. It's the Elton Johns and the Eric Clapton's and everybody else. And therefore, their sales diminish. Exactly. And well, um, because yeah. the, the senior the senior artists simply, you know, no matter how contemporary they may they may want to craft a particular record that they make, they're just not going to get played on your, you know, your Z100 in New York or, you know, mm -hmm. Kiss FM in LA or whatever. Well, I mean, like Joe, you were mentioning a moment ago about the 80s, you know, like I think that's kind of a, a fascinating, you know, period of Paul's career. And Al, you, you of course, covered this uh, in, in your article that, you know, the decade started off where Paul was still getting airplay. You know, he was still, uh, you know, charting singles, um, you know, I mean, starting with coming up. Uh, and then, of course, then it took um, tug of war um, and had you know, a monster hit uh, with Ebony and Ivory. I mean, he was still, 
you know, riding pretty high. And then, uh, then of course, the duets with Michael Jackson and all. And uh, then, of course, Broad Street, and, uh, but he still had, you know, uh, the huge hit with No More Lonely Nights. And then it seemed like, you know, then it started with the exception of Spies Like Us. Right, um, Spies Like Us. Yeah, um, you know, then it seemed to change. And, um, you know, and you point out in, in the article uh, that while, of course, you know, by the end of the decade, he had flowers in the dirt and you know we kind of tend to think of that as his big comeback mm-hmm. it, it was but it wasn't because <laughs> while he did go go back on the road and that was a tremendously successful tour that album was not a big seller in, no. you know, compared to I, I think the tour was his comeback parts this is my exactly opinion. yeah i know loves the album i believe it's his favorite fall album uh, right and I yeah, um, oh great album. I'm, I'm for not me, putting down the album. Uh, I, I I always call it, in my opinion, a step in the right direction. Yeah. For Paul. Mm, but I but, mean I like a lot a lot of things off off flowers in the dirt, but uh I didn't think it it was as great, uh, you know, as others do. That's another uh, album that's getting a good reputation I find these days. A lot of yeah. people well in my brave face, as as you pointed out, Al was a you know an outstanding single. Absolutely. I mean, that that was a you know an incredible single, so it's it's just interesting. I I think and and as I said, you talk about it that that was kind of an inconsistent decade, I guess you'd say for him because oh, you know he was so. yeah because he was trying to find his his place in the contemporary landscape and yeah. you know for for once he you know was having a hard time finding it. Um, mm. So it's, you know, I just always found that a, a, you know, fascinating part of his career where in, in some ways, Joe, when you said, you know, some, I, you read somewhere where they said he had to work for it. Well, in a way he kind of did. I think that <laughs> I was mean, around, I think that was around Spies Like Us time. Yeah, he kind of I, like, I was like that working song. for it I at really that do. point. Well, yeah. uh, you know, I, I love the, the rockiness of the way it rocks that song. I, I, I really mm-hmm. do. Um, well, I mean, in, in, with inconsistencies, are you mean inconsistencies with chart position or just as a musical output no the muse the music itself i just think that the that the material from flaming with the with the notable exception of uh uh of driving rain which is just not a an album again to me that is up to his standards there's a quote from you here i i wrote it down of of mac's 21st century work driving rain is the only real clinker Yes, I'm yeah. inclined to agree on that one. Now I know, I, think, I know Ken. I know yeah. Ken doesn't. Agree. No, no, I, no. I, I, uh, I, I like the album a lot. I don't think it's as strong as all the other ones, but yeah. I do like the songs on there. You know, I do. You Just know, for Lonely Road, I love it. Right. <laughs> you yeah. mentioned uh, um, the um, we mentioned that '89-'90 uh, era of Paul McCartney. Uh, you wrote that. Um, you know, at that time, Paul came to terms with his Beatles uh, past and he was playing more Beatles songs in, in the set list. You know, how much right. of that do you think uh, contributed to his success uh, leading on to his touring years of him, you know, embracing the Beatles and, and, and playing more Beatles music? Or should he have just stuck with playing more solo songs? Uh, well, no. Uh, I, I, you know, they, I, I can remember even at the you know, uh, at Madison Square Garden in was it November of '89. I saw two of the shows, and one of them I saw from from uh, up above in the blue seats in Madison <laughs> Square Garden. Hmm. And uh, looking through the uh, looking through binoculars, 
you know, you could see the people in the, uh, you know, in the, in the orchestra level and they were, you know, a lot of them were especially, you know, you know, music business people who probably got their tickets free or whatever. And (laughs) yeah. And a lot of them were just kind of like sitting there like, okay, uh, okay. Show me, you know, show me what you got. And the only time that they would really react would be for the Beatles songs. It could be yeah. that that's what they were most familiar with. Yeah. If they didn't know oh, songs yeah. oh. from Flowers in the Dirt, you wouldn't expect them to yeah. react oh, yeah. favorably oh, yeah. to it. Very true. But, but I think I We think Got Married was that... the bathroom song. <laughs> yeah, the real right song. Yeah. I love yeah. the song now. Myself. I love We Got Married. Exactly. And, but, I, but I think the, you know, that the, the tremendous success that he's had as a, uh, as a, as a concert act uh, over the last uh, 30 years or so uh, is, is due to the fact that a good half of the show, maybe more than half of the show is right. Beatles songs because, yeah. you know, a lot of people, um, I know Ken disagrees, but, <laughs> you know, a lot of people, a lot of people go there for right. the, the Beatles songs. And it's unfortunate right. that Paul himself looks at it that way. He says, what would I like to hear him do? He thinks when he plans his set list, which is very hardly, hardly ever if it, right. if changing much. Yeah, the theory you know. is a lot different than it was in the early 70s, you know, when he didn't do any Beatles yeah, songs. Yeah, exactly. When, tours, he, when, when he deliberately know. would not do right. Beatles right. songs. But if the situation was the same as it was in the 70s and radio Right. That catered to a young audience, yeah. played his music. Mm. More kids, more younger people would know that music, and they yeah. would embrace it more. Yeah. That's part of the problem. And by Paul not playing his solo music, then it's not even introducing those songs to the audience that goes there that don't know it. He has yeah, no you're, control you're over what radio right. will play, but he does have control over what he does. Right, and you're so, hoping that when he plays those Beatles songs, that people are going to get interested buy those records and then continue getting into his solo career as well. And, yeah. you know, the way I look at it. Well, that's where Ken sure. comes sure. in. Sure. Yeah, on, on his show, right? <laughs> yeah, but right. to me, as someone who really appreciates not just Paul, but all four of the Beatles and their solo music, and I really think that most of it is very good. Mm-hmm. And when the time was that it was played on the radio to a young audience, it sold. That is verification right there. It's affirmation for me. When young people had the chance to hear it, it's sold. But just like everything else, you know, as artists get older, their record sales will, will start to decline because of radio. Right. And it's kind of misleading now because you've got artists like Paul who debuted at number one with Egypt Station. Bob Dylan debuted at number two with uh, Rough and Rowdy Ways. But then within a month to two months it's off the charts yeah right and actually the and actually the one of the reasons for that was just recently changed uh you know billboard just changed its rules about these uh you know these bundles where you know you buy a concert ticket and uh included in the the you know either the merchandise or mm-hmm. uh or whatever is the is the cost of the next album mm-hmm. and so you know so you've got you know you you've got sales backdated and so you know, then that's why a lot of uh, uh, an album like Egypt Station 
debuted right. at number one or or the dylan album right. you know and so you're uh, saying so, that those sales aren't going to be included in future sales if if, uh, if right. you if you buy a, a, a concert ticket and they give you a, a a an album to go with it the recent album with it it's not going to count in uh in sales uh, uh when, what they're the going to do out, what they're going to do is the album will be sold separately. Mm, okay. Oh, okay. So that this way it can't, you know, they can't bundle it. Okay. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. But a very yeah. big reason why Egypt Station debuted at number one was really because of the massive promotion that Paul oh, put promotion. Oh, yeah. Absolutely. You oh, know, his promoted, name was everywhere. knew a lot too. I, I thought that new, I still like new better than uh, Egypt Station. Personally, but he promoted that a lot too. Oh he yeah, did, absolutely. But he he promoted Egypt Station even more. Oh more yeah, major that concerts that were streamed, being right. on James Corden, you know, which was yeah. massive. The, the yeah, you know, the, the that was a big show. part of it. Yeah, James Corden thing was a lot of people opened their eyes to that. A lot of people, just casual uh, TV watchers, I, I heard mm -hmm. from on my channel, you know, comments on my channel. I did a videos about that. James Corden appearance. A lot of people really were impressed by it. Enjoyed the show. With that. Yep. Um, yeah. I just wanted to mention something before I forget. Al, and this yes. is going to be interesting. We don't have a lot, a lot of time, but yeah, gonna, this is going to be interesting. I think. I want to know if there are any songs on the Wings albums by the other members that you do like, because I know there was a part in there, the article I noticed where you, you you said that you thought the other Wings members were. I think your quote was just mediocre. The songs. I mean, I, I just was wondering if there's any that you do like by the other members of Wings, even if not as good. Um, well, I, I, I know Ken is much more of a Denny Lane fan than I am. Uh, I, you know, I think his songs are okay. Uh, again and again and again on, uh, on Back to the Egg is good. Uh, and um, Time to Hide. Time to Hide. That, That's yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good. But the and uh, and Jimmy Jimmy McCulloch's uh, medicine, medicine jar. Medicine jar. Those are the ones I have. Okay, yeah, we're friends again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I hate to say, I, medicine jar. You know, I mean, I don't agree with it. Back to the A happens to be one of my very favorite Paul albums, so I'm gonna get that. I love that album. Mm. Having said that, you know, in uh, Rolling Stone at the time, they really ugh, trashed that album, and they unfairly trashed it. I yeah. think. But they, the, the author, I don't remember his name, who wrote it, the critic, he said that the only track deserving of mention is Denny Lane's Again and Again and Again. <laughs> I told Denny Lane that just to make him feel yeah. good, you know. Uh, <laughs> he, he was like, really? I can't believe, really? <laughs> I, said, yeah. that made I think a lot of the negative uh, talk was, you know, about Paul trying to do, trying to do punk, you know, mm. just right at the moment when, you know, when punk and new wave was beginning, was beginning to peak. Do you see is, something, is, you know, common here that whenever Paul tries to be contemporary or trendy, there's a backlash, like yeah. on Press to Play, you know, um, I'm sure there are a lot of people that weren't crazy about new. No, or, there, yeah, or, there, there was or, some backlash or, on that. Or the yeah. Ryan Tedder stuff, like for you. Um, yeah, and nothing for free. When he tries to do that, then there are a lot of fans out there that just resist it. Mm -hmm. Well, especially with the the newer material, because a lot of them, a lot of the 
especially some of the older fans that don't listen to contemporary music at all mm. uh, that, you know, may only listen to you know, the Beatles channel or something. Yeah. Um, you know, they think, you know, why is he doing? <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know, why is he doing? Why is he doing that? That, you know, he'll be doing rap shit next. Yeah. <laughs> you, you can you can edit that. Uh. Yeah, uh, uh, your mouth. Too late. Your mouth. Yeah. We're stuck with that one, things. buddy. <laughs> I remember. I remember in 1989 uh, there was some kind of a talk with Paul on MTV, and he asked him about rap, and he says, you know. He was doing a rap. Do you remember him doing that? My name is Paul, and I'm better than you all. Right. I got more dough than everybody. He goes, no way. He goes, no way. I said. <laughs> and then he works with Kanye West. Well, now, I, I mean, I am having a great time here, um, but I'm, I don't know how long we can go. Yeah. yeah the, uh, the, I, I would like to ask. Chicken. I'd like to ask one question to Al. All right. Please. One more. Yep. Um, I'd like to know if there's any album in particular over the years where you've changed your opinion that you didn't oh, think that much question. of the album when you first heard it or early on, and now you think much more highly of it, or have your opinions pretty much stayed the same for through 50 years? I, I think, I think they've mostly stayed the same. Like, uh, you know, you mentioned Red Rose Speedway before hmm. uh, that actually is one of my, one of my favorite albums. Mm -hmm. I think you know that, uh, you know, and even though uh, it it has some of some of the weakest lyrics in in, in that entire period mm. uh, there, but it has but it also has some of his his loveliest melodies. I mean, I would love to see, uh, you know, a Thrillington type album uh, done mm. for Red Rose Speedway. Interesting. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. But thought. um I'm trying to think. Um, actually, uh, there are a couple that I've probably that I probably like less now than I. Uh, oh wow! Uh, that uh, well, when <laughs> one is press, uh, I'm gonna <laughs> press to play, and we we battled that out on yeah. uh, on on things we said today, yeah. uh, and also uh, off the ground. Which I liked a lot more when it first came out. It's, uh, uh -oh. it's... We're going to do that show, Tom. I'm going to defend that album. <laughs> <laughs> yep, there's a, you yep, have we're... it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be doing a, a Back to the Egg show, and, and then, yeah, we have to do an off-the-ground show, and yeah. yeah, that'll be interesting. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Well, this has certainly been a lot, a lot of fun. It um, sure has. I don't know if there are there any bit of you, you've been monitoring the comments. I was wondering if you happened to see any other. I'm not going to put you on the spot if you haven't kept up with the comments. Oh no! Um, I mean, it's, no, it, <laughs> no, it's it's been all over, uh, Matt, all yeah, over the all place. Over. I mean, right. it's it's really. Um, let's see. Um, who's that little old man? Who's that? No, <laughs> nobody sure. has said that. Nobody. Oh, we've got some defenders of off the ground. Yeah. Uh, let's see. Uh, let's. <laughs> oh, a defend a defender. Um, uh, James Bell of for you. Um, <laughs> I like it now a little bit. Really? Okay. Defend another. Uh, let's see. I like the chorus. Yeah. I. I'm just. Uh, no. Oh, another one. Off the ground was forgettable to me. Uh, wow. let's yep. Uh, someone else. Oh, uh, George Crankle. Hi, George. Saying press. Sorry, it's a great song. 
I, I, I agree, George. I like the song it. is the album. Is, oh, I, yep. Yeah. Yep. I, I agree. Uh, because um, of the material, not just the production. Yeah, right. Uh, yeah, okay. uh, hey, that's Derek. a whole other discussion. Yeah. <laughs> it has been. <laughs> it has been. Uh, I know Derek, you don't agree. That's okay. Yeah, Derek Wood, Off the Ground has Golden Earth Girl. Great song. Yeah, true. And sure. oh, Tom Brennan, our buddy Tom, I defend, I'll defend Off the Ground too. Oh boy, I think we, hey, are, we all have to do an Uh-oh. episode. Uh-oh. I'll send you a check out after the show, Tom. Uh-huh. <laughs> So it looks like we are going to, to have to do, uh, and oh, uh, Tom, uh, Andy Nichols, know, off the I ground know, in I all know. caps. Okay. Andy Saul Perez says, and I completely agree, the B-sides and the songs left off off the ground were better than the album. I agree well, Paul, with that. Many Paul, was robbed. Thank you, Paul was robbed of a number one hit with uh, Hope of Deliverance. Yeah, that uh, it, I like Hope of Deliverance. And also the like world that. tonight. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And my brave face. And my yep. brave face. And absolutely. Uh, we can go on forever with that. Yep. So, so there, are, um, there are a lot of comments for us to revisit after. Yeah, the we show. Got, we're gonna have so, to do that. A lot, yeah, but, definitely a lot of different opinions. And then thank you everybody for for uh, yes. all your terrific comments. We will sure. read them. And uh, now we'll definitely share them with you. There are a lot of different uh, why you you really uh, sparked some great conversation with our uh, with our listeners and kit where could people find us well (laughs) they can (laughs) write to us and all the other stuff absolutely you can write to us at uh talk more solo talk at gmail.com we always uh we want your feedback and if you have any ideas for future stories uh story ideas you'd like us to topics um questions anything like that we you know always welcome ideas we've used some of them on uh, on some episodes so please uh, please send them in uh you can also find us on facebook youtube um we're on twitter at talk more talk one uh and you can find us on virtually any podcasting platform you can think of and we're going to be on some more future i'm trying to get us on so uh so tell your friends tell your neighbors tell family tell enemies anybody you'd want um and uh, spread the word about us and don't forget about our 50th Mm -hmm. episode coming up september 21st it's free. You just have to register. Uh, the invitation is up right now on our Facebook page and we'll all share it as well. We'll share it on our pages yes. and everything. Yep. So it's, and you just have to register and you can come on into this very room with us and play wreck our brains. And this time you ask us the question. So it's, mm-hmm. it's going to be a lot of fun. Hmm. Remember it's opinion based. Yes. Opinion based, not yes. trivia. Not yeah. trivia. Okay. Yeah, not yeah. trivia. Opinion based. Trivia. Sorry, opinions. <laughs> yeah. I say, if you want to participate, make sure you watch a, our a recent uh, show that we did a, a couple back. Yeah. Of rack out, rack our brains. Yes. Words to that effect. And then yeah. You see how it works. Yeah. Okay, Absolutely. so let's go around and find out what everybody's uh, up to lately and, and uh, some promotions. How about you, Ken? Uh, well, you can reach me on my email address if you want to get in touch with me directly at everylittlething at att.net. I just completed a new Every Little Thing show. This is my syndicated show. And I interviewed a friend of mine who goes all the way back to my first year of doing a Beatles show. His name is Ed Ryan, and he was my co-host on the air oh, on College yeah. Radio. Remember He's a great musician. Yeah, yeah he, he's a fantastic musician. 
he's been able to make a living as a musician, which is a right. miracle. Um, and he's he lives on Long Island. And I had him talk about a solo Beatle album that he feels is underrated or overlooked. Very familiar words that we use here on this show. <laughs> yeah. And also a Beatles song that he feels is underrated or overlooked. I have mm. him in the next show. And I also do a thematic set with uh, the word day or days in the song titles. If you want to know all the stations that run every little thing, go to my website, kenmichaelsradio.com. There's a page there for every little thing. List all the radio stations, the broadcast times, links to their websites so you can stream them. And as for our things we said today, we just did a show last week finishing up our review of Flaming Pie. It was just down in me because Alan Cozen is very busy right now. Yeah. He's been working on a series of books on the solo uh, career of Paul McCartney. It's called The McCartney Legacy that he's writing with Adrian Sinclair. And he actually has a publishing deal. And the first book, Volume 1, which takes you through the end of 1973, Band on the Runtime, that, uh, that has to be turned in in October. Right. So we don't want to interfere in any way with Alan. We want him to do the best job he can. Right. We know it's going to be a great book. So it's it's Darren and me. And actually, for the next two shows, um, we're going to be joined by the Two Legs guys. Hmm. On hey. the Things We Said Today podcast, it's going to be Tom and Andy Nichols. And we're going to be talking about um, John, George, and Ringo and what archival releases we'd like to see come out of them in the future right. Right. and then the next show we do after that this is every other week is actually mm -hmm. going to be Darren and me on their show on right. two legs right. so that's going to be on camera since it's a video uh, <laughs> podcast although you can get an audio version of it too right yep. and uh we should be doing what we'd like to see for the remainder of Paul's yeah uh catalog so that'll be a lot of fun yep nice. and um I think that's about it Okay, uh, Tom, <laughs> you're, you're up, Tom. Yes, thank you. And thank you, Al, for being here. It was great talking with you again. Thank you. Um, I, it was, this was fun. Yep, and like like Ken said, this is, uh, I'm really looking forward to this. We were supposed to, you know, we were hoping to do something on the, the last um, um, fest for Beatle fans, but for some, so for some reason it didn't happen. So we thought right. that maybe, you know, we can get together on our shows and, and do something, which we're, we're doing now, and I'm really looking forward to it. So again, like Ken said, we're going to start with things we said today, later on in the month in September, then they'll... Uh, Ken and Darren will be on two legs and we'll, we'll be four legs. So it'll be all good. Um, <laughs> it's never you know, three legs though, is no, it? No, it's not three legs. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, ironic. Um, right, right, right. So Andy and I, we just dropped our last uh, episode and we were fortunate enough to have legendary rock journalist, Chris Selovich, uh, mm. who did this mm. wonderful uh, McCartney bio in 1986. And he also conducted this, um, you know, since we're swearing, uh, thanks to uh, Al Sussman, this <laughs> kick-ass interview from, for, for, uh, for uh, Q Magazine from 1986 as well. So great year for, for Chris. Uh, this interview was one of the most open, candid interviews you'll ever hear from Paul McCartney. You'll probably never hear him this candid uh, again, uh, talking about specifically with John and Yoko and the other, and, and, and Paul, and I mean, um, 
George and Ringo instead. Uh, other other news is um, you know with an assist from from Ken Michaels, two legs are, uh, have a new home, and that's on Fat Four Radio. Yay. So yeah, Amen. so thank you, thank you for that. Uh, thank you, Beetle Ed, for for you know taking on the show. Um, Andy's been busy like crazy. He's also now got us on Spotify. We're working on on Amazon. We're working on Pandora as well. So we're looking forward to that. And uh, you know, hits just keep on coming. We got plenty of great guests coming up like me and mr mayo we're going to do an off the ground show here soon so whew, that's about it right now <laughs> yeah and uh kit you have anything to, to add yourself uh yes um well first of all i keep forgetting to mention and and tom you just reminded me this show is on fab four radio um and uh shout out to beetlehead as well so you can also listen to us there so thank you for reminding me i i keep forgetting to mention that um and uh and yeah um just check out my uh, facebook page you can follow me there you can follow me on twitter um i might be doing a show this week my my monthly show i'm not sure it kind of depends on the weather i wanted to do it thursday but we may be in for some storms i'm not mm -hmm. sure so just keep an eye on my facebook page i'll let you know if i'm doing my do it in the back seat of your car that's let's, right uh, let's just hope that the weatherman is feeling fine and doesn't spoil your plan <laughs> that's right <laughs> you know because if i'm doing chaos and creation in kit's backyard it has right. to be nice weather you know so uh <laughs> so, you're getting better at this all yeah. I, I know i know it's the puns are just crazy so i know i, I know yeah, I know, I know. Oh God. And, uh, <laughs> so uh, just check out my uh, Facebook page. I'll let you know uh, what's going on there. And, uh, and yeah, I think that's about it. And, uh, and again, just remember to sign up uh, for our show and that our next show will be September 21st. Uh, so okay. we'll be on vacation. And Al, is there anything uh, you yeah. want to yeah, mention? Talk about how we can get Beetle Fan I was going magazine. to ask. Yes. <laughs> uh, actually, the okay, the best uh, the best way to to get Beetle Fan since unfortunately almost all of our uh, retail accounts are <laughs> gone, like Tower Records. So the easiest way to uh, uh, you can subscribe at uh, at BeetleFan.com. Uh, I believe, hopefully I have the, uh, the rate correct. Uh, I believe a first class subscription is uh, for six issues is $37, but you can find out for sure at the website. Uh, the, the article that we've been talking about uh, is in two parts in the last two issues of Beetle Fan. And then in the issue that's just about to come out, it should be just about any day now, uh, starts what'll be either a two or three part series. Uh, during this, uh, this pandemic has uh, given me the chance to do a lot of writing. Um, <laughs> on the, uh, a, a, a large piece on the, uh, what I call the afterlife of the Beatles, the, the the very successful afterlife mm. of the of the group, oh, okay. uh, not really having all that much to do with the with the solo uh, careers, but they've mm -hmm. had a great amount of success, um, you know, on uh, on their own or on their own um, as a group, yeah. and. Uh, and in fact, at some point in the fall, after uh, Professor Cozen gets back, mm -hmm. uh, I'll be making a visit to uh, the things we said today. Awesome. And we'll talk about Excellent. that article. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Exactly. Yeah, and 
and also uh, and also next in in September, Bruce Beiser's Let It Be book uh, comes out with uh, my chapter on the uh, the news events of 1970. I've got it pre-ordered. <laughs> Can't don't, wait. Don't and in the new Saturday is Record Store Day. Oh that's yeah, right. Oh, that's uh-huh. right. That's right. In the the newer issue of Beetle Fan, there's also a piece on me. Mm-hmm. Yes. yes, there is. Oh, really? Yes, there yes. is. Yep. <laughs> Yep, I did an right. interview with Plastic EP, if anybody's yes, going to show it. was awesome. <laughs> and uh, I'm also waiting for my uh, fans on the run interview to be posted. It might not happen until early October, but I'll okay. keep everybody posted oh, So on you that. did record your uh, your reappearance. Yes, I did a, tell, another one two. with my new <laughs> microphone and headphones, which nice. I hope are, are better than the last Sounds one. great. Absolutely. So, uh, and, Alan, your again, channel, so, and your channel. Oh my god! Oh, yes. I wasn't going to skip it. What's the point? Mean Mr. Mayo YouTube. Go, go over to go over to YouTube. Subscribe to Mean Mr. Mayo for Beatles, solo Beatles, all kinds of other fun and games and, and silly stuff too. I do a little bit of this and that. Uh, but I wanted to say, Al, I had I had a personal a great time here. It was actually oh. wonderful having you here. This was a, this was a blast. I really uh, really, I really enjoyed. Hope you'll it. come back uh, yes. again on the show. Absolutely, okay. we'd love to have you back. So it's everybody's uh, time to sign off. Now I'm going to sign off on behalf of Kiddo Tool and Michaels, Amanyadi, and our special guest Al Sussman. I'm going to go get some Monkberry Moon Delight. I'm in Mr. Mayo. Okay. <laughs> Talk.